Welcome to the Scaling Creative Podcast. Today's topic is when it's right to be wrong and when to admit it. But first, it's been a little while, guys. It has. It has. So, it's been a whole week. Yeah, it's what? It's been a whole week. It's been a whole week and <laughs> for the podcast listeners. Yeah, for the true. podcast yeah, listeners, yes. But for us, we've had a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. in and out of the office. Yeah. Exciting. So what's everyone been up to? Well, we finally bought a house and Yay. closed on it and moved in. So that was a crazy 30 days Yeah, from putting in the offer and closing. So right. and Was moving. it our first podcast ever that we were talking about? Mm-hmm. An yeah. offer that you had just put in? Yep. Which yeah, wasn't was. the house. Which but. was not the house. So, But now I live super close to Pablo. Look at that. All good things come to those who wait. <laughs> yeah. That's, right. That's how I live right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I got a puppy. Yay. Let's go. Little French bulldog. Um, Your twin. Follow me on Instagram. You can see him there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my twin. Yeah, we look the same. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, yeah, he's super cute. Great little dog. Mm. And so Jenny and I are excited because we've grown up with dogs. And so it's nice to finally have mm. a little guy of our own. So we're excited mm-hmm. about it for sure. Super cute. He is cute. What about you? Um, this first Monday in the office in three weeks. So yeah. it actually feels weird. Does it feel weird? Uh-huh. I've been like in different rooms and yeah. hotels and cities that it was odd. I woke mm-hmm. up. I was all fired up, ready to wake up 530 in the morning today. And, of course, uh, my son decided he thought it would be a good idea to also wake up with me. So completely threw off my whole (laughs) mentality of trying to get back in the swing of things. So uh, the one good thing about dogs as comparison to children children is you can, like, put a dog in a cage. (laughs) And you can't really do it. (laughs) It's a weird way to start the episode, but just just kind of a little bit of what's what's on my mind. You kind of have to get them. (laughs) So sometimes your plans don't always go as planned. But mm. hashtag good. parenting skills. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yes, that's it. So fun. What about you? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Forgot. You're like asking all the questions. <laughs> I forgot about you. <laughs> yeah, it's been good. It's been super busy. My nonprofit eight seven. We had our first trip, so we were in San Diego. Whoa. And I love San Diego. Everybody. Everyone does. That's why it's $9,000 a month for a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> so it's a great city. It's yeah. so great. It's just, yeah. I love the feel and the weather. It just, sunshine makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even when it rained a little bit, it just very quickly got sunny again. And it's, you know, just different. A little different than Pennsylvania. Yep. You act like we're so, like, what was that accent? I what think it was that? like her redneck what is accent. That? Yeah. Like, like we are not. We're not all like, like that. that? Yeah. yeah. Everyone, when I tell people we were from Pennsylvania, they think Amish. And Amish, yeah. It's like, they're they're pretty close by, but right. not. it's like not what people think. Everyone yeah. I ever talked to that never been to Pennsylvania doesn't realize like what this place is actually like. Right. Mm, that's beautiful. true. It's actually a really good place to live. Mm-hmm. That's close to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so many people think it's like flat i mean like rolling hills with like no homes I'm like mm. corn no, yeah nothing actually, like i've that. never really thought about what people think of it's true ask anyone yeah. that's never been there and they all yeah. have this like oh, weird, lot of oh, Amish. i'm so curious no it's true if you're watching or listening i kind of want to know what you think of when you think of pennsylvania and don't google image and then send us a picture of what it says like what do you think <laughs> what do yeah you think? true yeah. It's a it's a nice place to live. Mm-hmm. It's a little rainy right now. Yeah. Last year has been <laughs> insane, but mm-hmm. 
What we'll, can you do? We'll take it. Ready to hop to it? Yep. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to lay some groundwork here for today's topic. Mm. And then we'll have some fun and some exciting dialogue as we talk about it. But so today's topic is when it's right to be wrong and when to admit it. So we're going to talk about leadership today from a perspective of things change, promises get made, we get a little excited as a new entrepreneur or a new leader. And sometimes we're wrong and it's okay to admit it. So we're going to talk about some of those things. And I listened to a podcast a while back from a leadership guru that I listen to all the time, uh, Craig Groeschel. Does anybody listen mm-hmm. to him? I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's got a great podcast. And actually one of his, his main motto for his podcast that he says every single episode is when the leader gets better, everyone gets better. Right. And so I think too, like within our podcast, we're probably going to talk a lot about leadership. And the other day I actually posted on my Instagram, just asking people what kind of topics they would like to learn about on the Scaling Creative Podcast. And I got a lot of leadership questions hmm. and I, I got a lot of the same questions too. So I'm excited that people responded. I got about a dozen or nice. so people awesome. um, responding. So I'm excited to really give you guys what, what you're looking for. Um, but when you start a business or a ministry or a marriage or a new job, you're probably really passionate about what you're doing. Um, but some of, some of the times in the beginning, your passion can be a little bit naive and you tend to speak and act in absolutes, mm-hmm. um, which is not a bad thing because I think sometimes that passion is what attracts people to you, but oftentimes we say like, we will never, or we will always, or I will never, I will always. And while it's important to keep our word, it's also, it's just going to happen when you're growing, um, when you're leading a growing organization that there will be times when you might need to unmake some promises that you made in the beginning. Um, and so that's why this topic is, is called when it's right to be wrong. Um, so over time, your perspective will change because mm-hmm. over time you change. Oh yeah. Have you guys ever found that? I mean, I think all of us have been mm-hmm. leaders, whether it's in ministry or, our, you know, running our own businesses, but have you ever found that you kind of start with this super excitement and you feel like you know exactly what you want and exactly how you're going to do it and you're never going to do what this person did. And then over time, something changes. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things actually that, that Craig Rochelle said in the podcast was he said, you tend to criticize most what you understand the least. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, it's important to be a student versus a critic. And I got to thinking too, I, I think sometimes we're, some people are more naturally critical than others based on how we grew up. Mm. You know, I don't know, like just the way that your parents are, you tend to be Mm -hmm. kind of similar to them. And some people grow up with parents who are more critical than, than others. Um, and so, yeah, we, we become kind of like, like our surroundings, but the area where you're most critical of people or organizations is, can actually be a little bit of a marker of where you're most vulnerable because you don't have context or necessarily the why behind um, what they're doing. So I wanted to just think of like giving some examples of maybe how we've had to adjust some things in our life um, or early promises we made or early thoughts that we had, even when it comes to parenting. Like I know, for example, 
be real, just real with you guys. My, I remember when I first started taking mail into school and I would see some of the mothers getting out of the car, like in pajamas, hair up in a mess. And I'm like, I will never be that mom. <laughs> and you guys, I'm totally that mom some days. But like you criticize, right? What you don't understand. Or sure. the kid that has an iPad and you say you never give it to him at dinner, but then they won't shush. Yep. And you say, I'll buy you four iPads <laughs> if you just give me 30 minutes to have a dinner by myself. Thank you yeah. so much. Here you go. <laughs> I'll surround you with them if you really, if you need. For with sure. LTE so that you can have it in the car as well. Right. Like, whatever you need. <laughs> Anything you need. Yeah. But Anybody else have like that. other examples you can think of of when you had to shift or when you thought you would never do something and then you actually do? I think it happens all the time as a boss. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, going back to, I f- forget how you worded it or how that guy worded it, but it's really easy to critique leadership mm. when you've never been in the position of mm. leadership. Right. Like, because it's one thing to be like a leader of people. It's another thing to be a leader of a company. It's another thing to be a leader of a nonprofit. It's like, mm-hmm. there's so many different things it's true. that I think it's really easy because when I worked even like full time for a church or the other times I've worked for people, mm-hmm. it's really easy to say, you would never do something or that's a terrible form of leadership or that's a good form because it's until you're actually in the situation, I don't think you can actually have true empathy for like, Mm -hmm. why are they that way? You don't really know Mm -hmm. until you actually are in it. Like it's, it's, it's a very, very difficult thing. I think for people to actually understand until they Mm -hmm. like are there. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people have opinions on things. I mean, it's a spot on quote of people criticize what they know the least. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, like, for sure. Absolutely. And when you lack understanding, you tend to lack compassion. Yeah. And when you lack compassion, you won't grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think people that, yeah, have the least knowledge of things tend to have the biggest opinions. Isn't that crazy? It's just interesting. Yeah. To me. I've always found that. And the people who have the most knowledge about a particular topic or whatever tend to not say anything mm-hmm. you know they tend they call that consulting <laughs> and you have to pay them for that that's that's you know it's interesting i've just always found that like people who don't know what they're talking about tend to have the biggest opinions mm-hmm. um unfortunately obviously you know on social media they have uh, they hide behind a keyboard a lot of the time or whatever right. but even in right. person too and i think it's interesting that i always try to look at people that are very successful in what they do and, mm-hmm. and see how they act why they act that mm-hmm. way and i've always found that they're very quiet they listen, but they're very mm-hmm. quiet. Mm-hmm. And I've always kind of wondered why that is. But I think it's because they have some value um, that mm-hmm. unless it's properly asked for, properly needed or whatever, mm-hmm. they, they don't talk unless they, they're approached or that they need to say what they have to mm-hmm. say, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's like teenagers when they think they know. <laughs> oh, they know they everything. They, they know everything, oh, right? Know everything. And you as an adult don't know yeah. <laughs> anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. And then you grow up. And you realize why your parents did certain things. Oh, yeah. Because like you said, you know, it's hard to put yourself in that position. But how as as an employee, how can you put yourself, you know, try to put yourself in that person's shoes? Mm. Because that's really hard. Mm -hmm. I personally don't think employees can. I was Mm. thinking that. I think. I think all you can do is realize that you can't be in their shoes. Mm -hmm. And so... There are certain things you're going to understand and like, and there are certain things you are not. And at the end of the day, it's you either trust the leader 
Mm. You trust who they are at the core. You trust certain things, mm -hmm. realizing that there's no actual answer you can truly get. Because right. you, you can't be in every meeting. You can't see every income and loss and mm. things that a boss has to take ownership of. You can't mm. see every decision. You can't see everything. And the bigger an organization gets, right. the, le the less and less and less you are actually a part of everyday operations mm. that I think what happens is, it's, it's even something I think that you know, we're going through even at, at the size we are, is that there's, there tends to be like a, a you communicate less mm -hmm. with a boss or a, I was part of a church, so it was similar situations where like a lot of people are, that are part of a small church love how they always had direct access to talk to the pastor mm -hmm. because every time everyone could talk to him. You went up, there were 23 people waiting in line. That was it. It was right. easy. Right. Then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then they critique and say to themselves, well, it doesn't feel like it's personal anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, how's it possible that they could mm -hmm. keep personal or keep everything? And so it's, a, it's something that you have to fight as a leader, obviously. But right. I think there's just a reality that as an employee, you don't know the same struggles that the that the owner or leader are going through. Mm -hmm. That you almost have to realize that's just a reality, mm -hmm. and you have to either fall under leadership or leave leadership, mm -hmm. just knowing that that's part of it. Right, right. And and that, I think that's hard, but yeah. I don't think it's possible for people to actually know. Until or they're... be able to put them. It's always easy. I know people like you're pretty good at putting yourself in people's shoes, but you yeah. can't put yourself in anyone's shoes. Fully, yeah. Fully. You yeah. can you can somewhat, right, right, and that'll help without question. It's right. better to at least try, mm -hmm. but you can't really. Yeah. I, no matter how much I want to fit into a size 13 shoe, yeah, I can't really fit in there. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not. So it's just different, you know. And but, I think some people too have like the gift of empathy. I think some people mm -hmm. can empathize more Absolutely. than other people. Um, so kind of depending on, on your gifting in that, but yeah, like as a, as a small church, you know, as a pastor or leader of that church, you might say, I will always stay and talk to every single person, mm -hmm. or I will always do this, or I will never do this. And then you get to, uh, you grow mm -hmm. and you grow and you grow and you realize, oh, I might need to change some of, some of those things. And that's kind of what... Um, in this podcast that he was talking about, um, just I, I thought it was such an interesting kind of thought process. So how do you make a change? Um, oh, but you know what? Before, before we get to that, I do want to ask you guys, do you feel like there's a, a leader in your life, whether it's a parent or a teacher or somebody that you feel like has said certain things like, hey, we're going to do this, and then they've had to switch it and maybe unmake that promise? But they some they did it well. Has anybody? Can you think of anybody um, off the top of your head? Yeah, I had a um, when I was 19 years old. I got the chance to work with these two brothers that were in their 40s, mm -hmm. um, and at the time, they were they would roughly. I mean, they owned their own business, and they roughly were making like about a quarter million dollars a month. And so when I got to meet them, it was a very different shift in like life. I never understood like. I didn't even know that existed. Let's mm. put it that way. Mm -hmm. And um, but they were very kind, and they were very willing to like teach me a lot of things. And so mm -hmm. I got the chance to work with them directly. And and I remember them. There was many things I've learned, but one thing I remember them learning. I said they said that they love they love to be wrong, mm. because that's when you can actually own something. Mm -hmm. um, because they said that when you're right all the time, 
you're you won't learn anything you know what i mean right. like when you're actually wrong and he said it's, it's he said not to like you shouldn't intend to be always wrong that's right, not the point right, but right. but the point is is it's good to be wrong yep. because then you're going to you can only learn something from that right. and you can only take it and then actually own it and then once you own it then it's your responsibility and then you can actually change something mm, from that so that was something yeah. that he said, like, he was actually, like, it's funny you're saying that, like, it's right to be wrong. That was actually something he taught me. It's right to mm. be wrong, too. Mm. Or it's good to be wrong. It's, mm-hmm. it's not bad to be wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. I think we all want to be right mm-hmm. all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. So embracing yeah. being wrong or even just saying, maybe that was right for this season. Yeah. But it's wrong now, so we got to switch. Yeah. Right. I think my parents have been very big examples because mm-hmm. I, I, I have the unique because they also were my teachers because I was homeschooled. So I, they, they were, I was with them all the time. Yeah. And they really taught us like they were, they, they're very open to us having our own opinions and teaching them and growing all together. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and they were fine to admit to us that they were wrong mm-hmm. and even coming to us and asking us to forgive us for something they did wrong or mm-hmm. handled wrong or got upset with us wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yes, we were disciplined. Yes, we were corrected. Um, but that was huge to me. And especially going into marriage to know like how you mm-hmm. do that and admitting to your wrong and that asking forgiveness for that was right. huge. And that humbling as a leader and mm-hmm. seeing them do that was really big. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Good. What about you? I've had so many people, I think just growing up in, in Mary Kay that I've been able to be mentored by a lot of people and, um, business has changed so much in that. Like there's, I've seen products change. I've seen, you know, this whole social media thing change. And so I've experienced a lot of mentors that I've worked with say, Okay, so what I've done up until this point, it served me well, but the culture has changed. Hmm. And so I've seen them make shifts in that and embrace things I didn't necessarily want to embrace, Hmm. like social media. I I have had a a lot of mentors who've been in Mary Kay a really long time. They don't really want to do the social media thing, but they're doing it anyways because they know that culture has changed. Hmm. I think this kind of goes in line with what Gary says, where he says not to be romantic to a Gary V for people listening. Um, for it's not to be romantic to a style of like marketing, but I think this goes with mm-hmm. basically everything because right. stuff always is going to change mm-hmm. anyway. And so mm-hmm. I think that kind of in the same type of thought, I think, kind of applies here as well. I think it can be hard too because if you let's say you're an organization of four people, five people, and as a leader, you say. We'll never, we'll, I'll never sway in this specific thing. Mm-hmm. But then eventually you get to the point where you now have a manager who actually makes that decision. Right. Yeah, it's your decision, but at the same time, mm-hmm. who's to say that it's not going to naturally, like, did you break your promise? No. Well, right. maybe. Depends how you look at it, right? Right, <laughs> right, right. Perspective. Yeah. It's true. Like, maybe you didn't break your promise. The yeah. problem is you've allowed someone to actually now have that call mm-hmm. who's decided to do something differently. Mm-hmm. And... That's why it's just like growth is just a hard, hard thing of any size, whether you grow from right. two, whether you go from one to two or a thousand to two thousand mm-hmm. people. I think people just really hate growth, hmm. like hate it. I think people want to 
say they would love to be a part of like a growing organization. I think they like the idea of it. Is yeah, what it is. Mm-hmm. everyone loves to be a part of a growing organization. Well, because they keep their jobs first of all, but most right. importantly, and then they, then growth happens, mm-hmm. and the things that they were allowed to do they can't. Mm. The things they like that the leader used to always do. Mm-hmm. Now that's not your direct point of contact. Mm-hmm. The manager you love is now way above that section, and so you no longer interact with that. Right. And the manager you loved lost their job, and now the manager that actually hired you that you loved is not. Like, there's mm-hmm. so many parts of it, yeah, that I think are so difficult, right? And I and it's just a really and it doesn't matter like whether you're at management position or mm-hmm. employee position. Mm-hmm. It's just hard when you're dealing with a lot of people. Right. Like it's really hard on all levels mm-hmm. because when we have 50 employees, I'll be a boss that has never had 50 employees. When we have 51, I'll be a boss that has never had 51 employees. Yeah. I'll be, like everything we're doing, you'll be an employee of someone that has five people. So, like it, right. you, we've, we've all never been through this. We're mm-hmm. all trying to navigate it. Right. And then we're all having opinions on something that we've never done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, like, <laughs> so grace, I think, comes into it. Mm-hmm. and which is something I feel like people, we, we don't really talk about no. as sometimes when it comes to leadership, mm-hmm. this, this mm-hmm. concept of, of grace. And I think the one promise you can, you can for sure make is that in business change, there will always be change. That's true. And so, um, two things that I just wanted to say that will maybe help you make change and, um, the first one is creating a culture that embraces change. So I would recommend for somebody who's maybe starting a business or like you're in the beginning of your venture or your relationship or your, your marriage, but just, yeah, creating that culture that embraces change. And cause you can passionately believe something today, but give yourself permission as well to change your mindset when the world kind of changes around you. Now you want your core values to remain the same. Hopefully those things don't Mm -hmm. change, but I think a lot of other things around it probably will. But what do you think is maybe different ways that you can create a culture of change? I was just about to say, I was about to put you on the spot and say, you know, someone's going to ask, well, how do you do that? So you start. Me start? Mm -hmm. How do (laughs) How do you you embrace a culture of change? I think it's, setting up this is just my my opinion is trying not to talk maybe in in absolutes like even i'm thinking about myself and the the companies that i've created or the nonprofit that i'm starting is talking about change maybe more often um and even saying too that the one thing i can guarantee that is constant is change mm-hmm. i don't know maybe Maybe just an open communication of what changes. And then I am going to talk about the second thing in a second. But hmm. does that make sense? That yeah. makes sense. I think also speaking with a language of vision. Oh, because yeah. if you give people vision, then they have something to want to work for. You know what I mean? Mm, right. And so if you're speaking from a place of vision, that means that it's going to be different than what it currently is. Mm, does that make right. sense? Something's going to happen. But like, mm-hmm. I think people work harder when they have like, wow, we're going to get there one day, whatever that may be, yeah. you know? And so I think when you speak from that place, 
uh, with, yes, it's okay to change, but you also speak from a place of vision, casting vision. Because I think when leaders can mm. cast vision for people, that helps them, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Hold on to something. Um, and so I think when you cast vision and speak in that way, you're naturally saying, like, hey, it's not going to be the same as it is right now. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right, so I might, yeah. might, maybe that helps too. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. This is all I think too, just, it's so, I find it so fun to talk about mm-hmm. and brainstorm. Yeah. Together. Sure. Um, but yeah, anybody yeah. else can I do? I think it's like you need to give grace on both parts. I think the leader yeah. needs to give grace to the change that is happening to the employees, and then the employees need to give the leadership cha- grace mm-hmm. at the same time yeah. because we all like change is hard on both parties, mm-hmm. and For so sure. there's a lot of grace that needs to happen with that. As, mm-hmm. um, but I do think pa- with to like with what Paolo was saying, like I do think a vision when you have a clear vision and direction mm-hmm. that you're going, your empl- everybody will be happy to get on that and they don't mind the change if they know mm. what the end goal is. Cause I've worked for a lot of places where the vision changed and the direction changed almost every week. Mm. And that was so hard to be a part of because you got super excited about that vision. And then the next week it was like, well, wait, what, what were we doing again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's now over here in this direction. Mm, sure. And so, yeah, but I think that clear direction for just heading towards. And there's always course correction. So there's always like mm-hmm. with that. But I think um, I think the – I remember reading the book Good to Great, and I think they really talk about that um, in that book that mm-hmm. – um, I'm trying to remember who wrote it, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. But We'll um, put it in the show notes. We'll- yeah, but I think that the one thing I remember them saying is, is that you like you want to get everybody on the bus and excited to be mm. on that bus going in that same direction. And mm. so like how companies really did that. So, yeah. And I think what a lot of big companies struggle with though is going from, I'm going to keep talking because I feel like I've seen big level organizations that mm-hmm. have told me they struggle with this of it's easy to get a vision on board when everyone's on the same bus. But when you start to need four buses to get there, it's not easy how do you tell the other bus what different other like that's because then you start building teams you start building right our vision in technology is right more important than your vision here and your vision here and like it's Mm -hmm. it can be difficult yeah or more importantly when you can't when you can't touch every employee with your brain and vision right how do you get them to realize that like the yeah. vision still exists when yeah. they're not the one managing it, or, you know, what I'm, yeah. like it's, it's a, yeah. it's a unique tricky part about that. That is. I had a mentor that once told me, don't do for one, what you can't do for a hundred. And I never, I actually didn't like it. I didn't, because I thought, well, I have a small team that I'm leading right now. I want to be able to, I know it's like touch every, but that sounds weird. But like, I want to be able to connect with each person Mm -hmm. individually. I want to do every single new consultant training myself. I want Mm -hmm. all the onboarding stuff to be done by me. Mm -hmm. I want to know their heart and their goals and their, Mm -hmm. and so I didn't listen totally. And so I created that, Mm -hmm. that culture of you get me Mm -hmm. at all times, all day long, you know, and then my team grew to around a hundred and I was so burnt out because I was still trying to do what worked Mm. for a really small team. And it really was so actually hurt. I'm trying to think about it hurt my organization for a little while because I had to make a change Mm. 
and I had to do a lot of training via, you know, Facebook live Mm -hmm. and recording Mm -hmm. videos and sending out training that way. Mm -hmm. And it took people a really hard time to adjust and I lost people in the process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think is a great point to make. I think that as a leader, you could have people that say they embrace, they embrace, they embrace, they embrace change, and then change happens and the people don't embrace it. Yep. And you have to f- realize that there are times that your quote unquote best employee yeah. doesn't work for a new culture of what you're doing. Right. Regardless yeah. of a skill set, which is why I've always thought and stuff that I've been learning a lot is like how terrible it is to have like your top employee per se. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing air quotes for those listening <laughs> because if you have one employee who thinks they're irreplaceable, that's how they act. Mm. And if one employee is, if, if you're, if you set up a culture of like wanting everyone to keep learning and training and becoming mm-hmm. the best so that everyone's so good at everything, mm-hmm. then one person doesn't feel like they're the best employee because mm. if you ever have a culture where you have a big group of people and, and one employee leaves and it cripples you yeah that's horrible leadership exactly because that means you've allowed that person to be the top person right and most top people act like top people like they they yeah. show up a little later they do mm. a little because they're kind of like eh, there's no way i'm losing my job they can't do their job without because yeah, some some cultures create entitlement yeah which sometimes the scoreboard i think Mm-hmm. can have that effect when you have somebody who's the number one consultant in that or right. you know what I mean like and then they mm-hmm. feel the sense of entitlement kind of thing and I think that you can make you can treat every person like they're valuable right but that they're still responsible right but that that's hard to find that balance mm-hmm. probably oh yeah oh yeah yeah and I think yeah with, without question I think it's important like it's not that you're trying to make everyone feel like nothing Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you also have to set up the culture that like it's a win and it has to be shown in truth that it's a win if you train someone below you to be better than you. Yes. Because naturally the reason that always happens is because the top employee, mm-hmm. if he trains everyone to be as good as they are, mm-hmm. well, now they threaten their job. And so if if you – if Pablo trains an editor to be unbelievable, the editor mm-hmm. becomes really good and I fire Pablo, mm-hmm. that next person will never train the same way that Pablo did. Right. Because they saw what happened and that's terrible. Right. Now, if Pablo trains and trains and trains and trains, gets an editor to become unbelievable, mm-hmm. and Pablo still is the one that trains everybody even mm-hmm. though he's not – no longer – now that shows a whole different thing where they're right. like, okay, it truly is a win. Yes. If I equip people. Yes. Because I think that's the problem is everyone's always like, train, train, train. And then they're like, mm-hmm. well, that person's half the price. Sorry, you're not like. Mm. Right. But, and that's a balance I think companies face. But mm-hmm. I think that that actually is only shown through actually it happening. Yes. Mm. Agreed. Like it has to truly be shown that like mm-hmm. you now equip this person so well, mm-hmm. but you have an even better position than you did, mm-hmm. even though someone bypassed you in the skill set that you essentially trained them for. Right, right, right. And and I yeah. think that that helps to also not have like unicorn employees. Yeah, is you if you're always training and mm-hmm. your team also is always training because mm-hmm. they know it's not threatening, mm-hmm. then you build amazing teams. Mm-hmm. Right, because a new person comes on and everyone's like, "Can I help?" Yeah, rather than yeah, this person knows nothing. They're looking back, being like, "I learned so much, and right. I should do the same." And right, but and that's something I've definitely or I am trying to obviously do because I know like how mm-hmm. far. I came from being a person mm-hmm. that wanted to learn mm-hmm. and now just trying to do that more and more is, I think, is super helpful for a company. Absolutely. Mm. 
So the second thing was that I, that I think will help is to talk openly about what promises you need to unmake and then clearly explain the why mm-hmm. behind it. So if as a church, sometimes I think that, you know, if you become this bigger organization or whatever organization it is, it doesn't have to be a church, but if you can kind of talk to your people or your, your congregation and really talk about how the things that you set up and the promises maybe that you made allowed us to get to this place that we're at right now. And then you can kind of explain the why behind it. So, um, you know, made promises for all these years and we've continued that promise. So we've kept that promise, which is why you don't necessarily even have to say we're going to break the promise. You're just unmaking it and changing it for, for good reasons. Uh, and then, yeah, explaining why we need to make the change. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just changing the direction. It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. let's just do, we keep using churches, for example. And sorry if you're someone listening that doesn't attend <laughs> church. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, Let's just say the church's vision is to reach as many people as possible with mm-hmm. what they're teaching. Mm-hmm. They are going to do it differently mm-hmm. with a thousand people than ten people. Yes, it doesn't mean that the vision changed. It just means, hey, right. it's always been our goal to do this, mm-hmm. and that'll never change. Mm-hmm. But you know how we used to like do it this way. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work anymore at this scale, mm-hmm. so we have to do it this way. Mm-hmm. But the vision's not changing. But right. some people don't like the direction change, right? Right. Because <laughs> the direction that brought them there that has to shift to mm-hmm. make growth happen no longer is exciting to certain people. Mm-hmm. So that's like so it's you're like this always this nonstop back and forth of mm-hmm. how to yeah. navigate that. And I do think though, like. I think that is a natural thing about it is is that you will always probably lose somebody in the change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you have to be okay with that yep. because not everybody is, you know, if it's like a company is going in one direction and they were very passionate about it and then they drop that thing that they're passionate about yeah. mm-hmm. as they grow, they're going to leave, Yep. but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's like it helps your company's bigger vision. You yep. can't keep doing that just to keep that one employee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or that, you know, mm-hmm. so that always is like, you will, that is a part of change. Yep. Sometimes yeah. you do lose people. Yeah, you can't please everybody. You can't please everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for when sure. You, when you try to please everybody, you please nobody. Mm-hmm. That's what I've absolutely realized. Yeah. Like not is just here, but quote? no, I don't oh. think so. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, I just think it's a good Uncommon. quote in general. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just the truth. Yeah. Cause the bigger you get in any organization and any church and any, anything, Mm-hmm. There's more people you're now reaching, mm-hmm. and everyone wants to be reached differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you can just stay focused on your goal, similar mm-hmm. with YouTube, like mm-hmm. if I let every negative comment change my direction, mm. well, all the people that were positive now they're going to become negative. Yeah. Because yeah. I adjusted for the negative, mm-hmm. and same with if I adjust for just the positive. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, but if I just say. I don't care what you think in either direction, mm-hmm. in a good way, as good as possible, mm-hmm. then nothing changes the overall direction. Mm-hmm. And if the direction from leadership doesn't change, mm-hmm. it only steers so far off course. Mm-hmm. Right. Rather than being like, we got to make them happy, but now they're really happy. This team says, we'll go back. Let's make them really mm-hmm. happy. And then you keep going back and forth. Yeah, you become this like pendulum yeah. swing. And I think if you know if you know your values, and, um, and I think it is good to have people 
above you, people, mentors Mm -hmm. that you have that you can, as a leader, come to and say, hey, this is something I'm struggling with, with my team or, you know, in marriage, Mm -hmm. having couples that have really strong marriages. And if you're going through something, you can talk to, talk to that person. So I think mentorship Mm -hmm. and coaching is such a huge part of Mm -hmm. leading well. Mm -hmm. And it'll give you the courage to, to maybe even say, Hey, I was wrong in this and, you know, or whatever it might be, whether it's marriage or kids or, you know, whatever. But so how do you feel like you can apply this? Some of this, what we're talking about personally and in leadership as well. (laughs) Um, I, I think kind of what, you just said into the question before the question, like I think accountability is big mm-hmm. in leadership because I feel like, you know, when you work for someone, you always obviously are accountable to people you work for or the right. manager, whatever, whatever the structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but sometimes when you are the leader, maybe you might not be held accountable, maybe, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. like, and what I think a le- when a leader is not held accountable and mm-hmm. I've seen it happen in many different organizations, mm-hmm. I don't know why we keep coming back to church, but like churches, <laughs> Um, I've seen it. I've even seen it in like businesses where like there's mm-hmm. somebody that's at the top that makes all the uh, things and there needs to be somebody like that. Mm-hmm. But it's always good to have somebody who just checks up on that person. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. yeah. they can go rogue then. Like yep. they can oh, do yeah. whatever. Like To me, I mean, I, I'm definitely learning lots of things. Um, I learned a lot of things this weekend. I learned a lot of things last week. I learned a lot of things when I was gone. Um, I'm realizing just how like interesting it is working with different people. Mm. Because (laughs) it's just like I'm, and this is something I feel like I knew a while ago, but I'm realizing is more and more important of just that. It's important for me to realize that people are just different than I am. Mm -hmm. Meaning we talked about this last week, but in general, like I'm a person that loves direct feedback. Don't beat around the bush. Don't take a lot of time. Just tell me like Mm -hmm. it, whether it hurts my feelings or not, it doesn't matter. I just Mm -hmm. want you to tell it to me. But it's not right for me as a leader to say because that's how I operate. like things mm-hmm. and how I operate, that's how everyone needs to work with me regardless mm-hmm. whether they operate that way or not. Because mm-hmm. that's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not Just because I'm a person that doesn't need you to tell me I'm valued or appreciated mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I don't need to show it to people. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm a person that like is ridiculously overcritical of everything doesn't mean I should go about it the same way with every like mm. and that's something I think that you don't really realize until you start to lead people mm-hmm. like that, the importance of that yeah because mm-hmm. I'd be the first to tell you that culture is unbelievably important to me but yet like you know I wasn't really aware of certain things happening in like even our culture mm-hmm. but that's it's not me ever changing a vision or who I was. It's me right. not realizing that the vision was changing how I was actually approaching things. Mm, or not good. the vision, the growth. Oh, the growth. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that it ever changed in my head. It's not that I ever changed in my head. Right. The thing is, I've always, what worked for me by myself mm-hmm. that might have worked for me and Pablo, mm. maybe, that might have might not work now mm. and what might really not work two years from now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's not it's not okay like if you went into a new marriage to say, you know, my love language is this, so yours better be too. Right. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. We all know that to be true mm-hmm. in relationships. Mm-hmm. Like it does not work if you don't understand what needs to be addressed with them differently. Right. And I think that's something that I'm really realizing is 
way more important than like than I thought, mm-hmm. and that it can't be my way. Or the, it can be my way or the highway in a vision per se. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'll make the end decision, sure, but that's a terrible way to just like operate mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. because yeah. all you're gonna do is make people either feel robotic or make them feel like they have no say mm. and people always like being a part of a place that they feel like yeah. they have a voice i think it's yeah. a two-way street though like i i agree totally with what you're saying i think it's the leader's job to realize those things and then act upon those things obviously hopefully correctly depending on who the leader is but i think it's a two-way street the other way like i've worked in places like i've only had a couple of jobs but i've worked in places where like the employee would say like oh, that's that's dumb i don't know why the manager would why would he ever that's dumb it worked fine before and i i was like learning a lot at that time and i'm mm-hmm. like man you don't you don't even know you have no idea like they have a lot more responsibility they have a hundred employees, you yeah. know, here at this freaking supermarket or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, they have like overhead and, and, and inventory and, and like HR. There's so much things like that they don't understand. So like I get it too from like an employee standpoint. It's like there's things that like maybe the employees don't understand. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's the leader's decision on upon on like what they get to know and what they don't know. Obviously not every employee is going to know everything. But um, and so that's dependent on that situation but i think it's it's important that yeah there's kind of like you were saying there's grace on both sides that Mm -hmm. like the 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 leader can come in and say like hey this is what we're doing and this is why we're doing it but you know and explain those things well but then also the employee needs to understand a good employee hopefully would Mm -hmm. understand that like okay they're making this decision don't really understand why but it has to be for some better Mm -hmm. or higher purpose or reason yeah it comes Mm -hmm. down to ultimate trust in the day of leader both ways it has to when you do not When nothing makes sense to you, you, right, I, right, you have right. two choices. You either say it makes no sense, but I yep. truly trust yep. there's, there was some thought that went into this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you say, I don't agree with this whatsoever. Right, and you right, go elsewhere. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, that's, true. True. that's just really what it comes down to. But yeah. it is trust, and trust has to be built. Right, right. So there's, yeah, it's, it goes back and forth. Empathy, I think, is a huge, huge Yeah thing yeah i had to learn Mm. that even too with when there would be product changes in my company and it was like the best selling product for me but i also had to understand i don't see i don't see all the numbers Mm -hmm. of what this product does all across the united states Mm -hmm. just because i sell it really well doesn't mean like you know like you kind of have to come to that understanding that it wouldn't the get rid company, of it if it actually correct. was as good as I thought it was. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or there's something better coming. Yeah. And I don't know about what's in production. Yeah. I can't imagine it was the best seller of the whole company and they removed it. <laughs> yeah. Because that would not yeah. make sense. But much that's sense. sometimes how yeah. you feel right. when this is your market, but you don't see the entire market. Yeah. So yeah, that's so true as far mm. as, you know, trusting. And I think too. In both ways, because I've also experienced bad leadership, you know, unfortunately. Sure. And a leader you can't trust is a leader you can't follow. Mm-hmm. So true. there is that, you know, like you build trust and you develop it. And, you know, that's definitely like an important piece of business. Employee to boss and, you know, boss to client. Mm-hmm. You know, all that. It's so trust is is such oh, yeah. an important and I think asking, I think it is. I think asking questions isn't mm-hmm. bad. Like I'm, I'm definitely a person that I'll like. I'll push back before I say no. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like if like say somebody came to me and said something like, even Scott was like, said something like, Hey, this is how we're going to do something. M- some people are very like, okay. But, it, and then they're in their head. Like, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I might more. And I kind of decide on like, when's the right time to do this. But sometimes I'll be like, mm, 
why why are we doing that? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't really think this, blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. But then you have to respect the where you're at because, like, I, I push back once. I don't push back more than that usually mm-hmm. <laughs> unless it's, like, a thing, you know. But, yeah. like, most of the time it's – so I think what we're saying is, like, you have to trust each other, of course. Yeah. I think it's okay to ask questions. That's my point. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe question, but obviously discern when's the right time to do that and mm-hmm. then just be respectful of the ultimate decision that's, like, mm-hmm. made. Right. I think it's, it's mm-hmm. key to do that, I think. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with like a chain of command too, because yeah. if you're part of a huge mm-hmm. organization, that's true. If Apple decides to change something, like you can't just ask, <laughs> you know, the CEO what he want. Like, can I just ask why that's being made? Like, there's a chain <laughs> yeah. of command, yeah. right? 100%. Right, right. And it, yeah. so, like, you're not even at that point. You're not even like trusting the CEO anymore because <laughs> you may have never met people who work for Apple have never met the CEO. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. You're trusting. So many chain of commands mm-hmm. up to it, mm-hmm. saying that like I don't even know if I can trust the CEO because I don't know him. Right. I don't know if I can trust his next manager because I don't know them either. Right. Right. I don't right. even know if I like. Right. So it's it's hard because you're like trying to be like, do I trust my little manager yeah. enough to know that he's trusting the right people? Right. right. So sometimes it's like mm-hmm. you just kind of, you just kind of got to. Do it and see what happens That's too. True. Sometimes, because right. <laughs> yeah. it's easy in a small organization right. for Pablo to ask me directly or anyone, mm-hmm. like even sure. in fifty people, hundred people organizations. Mm-hmm. But yeah. in some bigger organizations, which might be listening to this, who knows? Mm-hmm. I know that we can't even really relate to right what it looks like in that side of it. Right, mm-hmm. and true. we might We've never been there. We might be doing things that we're definitely going to have to change. Yeah, as we grow, mm-hmm. you know, That's and so, but yeah, I just think. Sometimes it's right to be wrong and change is just a part of life. So the last couple questions I have are maybe just for you to start thinking about, you know, what, what should I start doing? And maybe what are some things that I need to change or undo or stop? And in the podcast that I listened to, one of the, um, one of the recommendations he had was sometimes you're too close to see it. Mm-hmm. and you need to ask people around you. And I've had coaching courses too where um, I've had to ask people what my strengths are mm-hmm. and what my weaknesses are because sometimes you don't know when you're mm-hmm. so close to something, mm-hmm. you don't know. So it's it's good to ask people mm-hmm. around you. Um, there might be things you need to delegate. There might be things you need to stop. There might be things you need to start. And there might be someone you need to empower. Mm-hmm. So... Final quote, and this is, again, this this is a Craig Groeschel quote. He says, if you're not changing how you think, how you lead, what you do, and what you don't do, your past assumptions will limit your future potential. So that was kind of a profound, profound thought. Any any closing closing thoughts? No. I mean, I can can speak to people that might be in my my position. Mm Mm-hmm as I've kind of been processing a lot of this over the last bunch of weeks, but weekend just that it is important to have people, people around you, like you said, accountability, mm-hmm. but more importantly, not even just accountability as much as like, if you are surrounded by people who don't tell you anything, like you're in big, big trouble, mm. like big trouble. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really easy as a boss to, Say you have, I think I just posted is like literally before even a conversation we had last week about like if you have an open door policy but no one walks through it, it's not really very like there's something wrong. Right, right, right. Because I think that every every boss in the world would be like, you can come to me with anything. Mm. But people don't really want to go to the boss very often. Mm-hmm. And there's 
what's the what's the reasoning behind that mm-hmm. like what if if you discover something that you never knew why did you just discover it mm. it means it means clearly people didn't trust you like you told them to trust you mm. but that's like that's your fault mm. not their fault they can think whatever they I can't ever tell you how you should feel like mm. I can't just say it's dumb like that's a stupid thought mm. it's it's your it's your thought right I can't tell you you're wrong if you feel a certain way mm-hmm. but it's so important to realize as a like as a boss if you're in a position that if you're in a position of leadership like that to realize that like you need to figure out how to actually like keep that Mm-hmm. at any size and to actually keep somehow a way that if if everyone doesn't have access to you directly mm-hmm. you better have people closest to you that will come to you directly mm-hmm. for other people's things so there isn't constantly be a chain of command yep an employee might say something little but if there's a bunch mm-hmm. of employees talking behind management's back mm-hmm. management's back then there's even a problem there because mm-hmm. it means the management's not approachable mm-hmm. and usually it, it leads from both sides an unapproachable right. boss deals with like unapproachable management, management, yeah. which mm-hmm. then no one really has feedback. Everyone talks and talks and talks and talks and talks, quits mm-hmm. and quits, mm-hmm. and you're always blaming the people. Mm-hmm. Like they they weren't suited for this. Right. They weren't this. Right. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's not always like the employees. Mm-hmm. I know. That's true. Remember, I think I said this before. The point. My mom always told me this. Whenever you're yeah. pointing at other people, there's always three fingers pointing back at you. Yeah. So yeah. I always true. try to think about that when I'm, which, you know, happens in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot can be fixed if you look at yourself. Mm-hmm. I think a lot can yeah. be fixed. Not everything, because yeah. you can't control people, but yeah. you can do a lot with just focusing on what you're doing yeah. and uh, not dwell in it, but definitely look at it. Yeah. Yeah. You mm-hmm. need people around you that lift up the mirror sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Say like, Mm-hmm. what's staring back at you. <laughs> but the most important thing too is like, I mean, I know all of us, we care about one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been really apparent lately too, is that mm-hmm. we're all individuals, but we care about one another and about where we're going as a team. So mm-hmm. pretty good looking too. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, but that's my bad angle. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> You just told everybody. All right, well, that's a good place to end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Know your angles. Just kidding. <laughs> but no, it's okay to be right. No, I messed it up. You messed up your own your own thing. <laughs> you know what? It is all right to what be is right. It? What is this title of this thing even called? <laughs> it's right what, to be. Yeah, when it's right to be wrong. Right. Yeah. And when to admit it. Yep. Now you know. Now you know. Now you know. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you soon. Ha, 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 ha.